Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Tiger fans, welcome to episode 53 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast to be notified of every new episode. Apple users, rate and review the show, and everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. Hosting the show today is Charles Bishop. Welcome to another episode here of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Uh, thank you for joining us today. And I tell you what, we have uh, an exciting show for uh, you today in terms of having uh, someone here from the Southwestern Athletic Conference uh, from the office, uh, Senior Associate Commissioner, Dr. Jason Cable. Dr. Cable, welcome uh, to Tiger Talk with 1400 Club. Well, well, thank you for having me on. And it's great, great to be on and uh, talk to the 1400 Club. Well, and we'll we'll get the elephant out of the room early. Of course, Jackson State podcast, and you, of course, <laughs> you're you're an all corn legend. But I want to uh, tell you, congratulations uh, on your uh, uh, doctoral degree from Jackson State <laughs> University. <laughs> yes, yes. So I have degrees from both. So I'm alum of of all corn and Jackson State. Uh, no doubt about it. And we well, we 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 josh you, but I had to get that in there. <laughs> Well, undoubtedly, um, the, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, they've made big news uh, in uh, not just uh, from a national perspective in terms of uh, the, the announcement of postponing uh, the fall sports season and now into the spring uh, sports season. And we wanted to bring you on and kind of talk a little bit about the decision making in terms of, of how you guys came about uh, to move the uh, fall sports season. And it was a, a novel concept. Uh, in terms of postponing, but uh, kind of walk us a little bit through kind of the decision-making process to get to that point. Of course. So we, we started the process uh, in the beginning of May. Uh, we put together an, a COVID-19 advisory group, and that group uh, consisted of student athletes around the conference, coaches, uh, athletic trainers, athletic directors, and senior, senior women administrators. Um, and we started to devise a plan to return to campus. And so going through that process, um, as we continued the process, we tried to answer a question and that question was, can we play with what we know? And, and what, what that question really means is, can we bring student athletes back on campus, have them practice and have them play in a safe environment? And so the consensus of the group, you know, going through the process, was that we could not play right now with what we know. 
And so the decision to postpone was evident. Uh, but when that decision was brought in front of our uh, chancellors and presidents, um, they wanted to ensure you know, that we had an opportunity to look forward to a season in which that we could plan out. And so we, we uh, trashed the, the fall season and came up with a concept of playing in the spring. And so Ashley, mm -hmm. Ashley Robinson, who is the chair of our uh, administrators group, uh, actually him and uh, Elise Kilbert, who's the uh, senior associate athletic director at Jackson State, or she may have the title of assistant vice president. And Ashley, of course, is the vice president of intercollegiate athletics at the Jackson State. They were instrument, instrumental in terms of putting that spring plan together and getting that plan in front of our administrators in the conference. And then, a, and then the commissioner took that plan to our chancellors and presidents, and it was approved. And so the thought of playing in the spring is to give our student athletes, our fans, our parents, our stakeholders, a season to look forward to. And we think if everything continues uh, to trend opposite in terms of uh, the way it's trending now as it relates to COVID-19, we may be able to pull a spring season off. But of course, if we get to a point uh, where we're about to bring student athletes back on, on on campus and we're trending in a negative direction as relates to the pandemic, and then we will have to put a halt uh, to that spring schedule, come back to the drawing board and uh, devise another plan. And, and I know this is, uh, you know, we're, we're so used to our athletes kind of reporting around this time, especially in, in regards to football. Uh, I guess, is there a plan in place as to uh, the processes now? Uh, when when do the, the, the fall athletes uh, report to uh, campus, especially uh, I, everybody, of course, is always uh, really tuned into uh, when their football teams are reporting. But now that things have moved to the spring, is there, uh, I, I guess, a schedule of, of when things happen now? Yes, there's, and there's, there's a schedule, but I, I must say it's tentative right now. Uh, but, okay. but what I can share is there's an eight-week, eight week, sorry, eight-week uh, acclimatization period from when our student athletes would report to campus until we start playing, right? And so that eight-week period uh, right now should start um, around the first or second week of January. Okay, sure thing. And, and you know, the vision that, that uh, the SWAC office uh, really uh, put in place, uh, it, it gathered national uh, national spotlight. So I want to say kudos to, to you all in terms of everything that you did. And, and I've seen articles where even conferences like the SEC were being encouraged, you know, to, to follow the, the SWAC's lead. What has been the, the feedback out, outside of the SWAC that you, you've seen? Yeah, we, we've received positive feedback uh, in terms of being one of the few conferences that, that has uh, postponed fall sports and actually came up with a plan uh, for the spring. And, you know, the commissioner is a great leader, and, and so he, he imparts upon us that the SWAC is second to none, right? So no longer will we be looked at as the, the, the conference that's last on the totem pole. And so he's pushing us to a level of peak popularity, uh, with, within its leadership. And so the decisions that we make are going to be on the national landscape. They're going to be of best practice. They're going to be of extreme thought. And in terms of our uh, presidents and chancellors, the ideas that he takes to them, you know, they, they vet them out before we make them public. And so it's a collaborative effort, but 
I just want to reiterate the SWAC is not a second tier conference. We're first tier and uh, we will continue to lead the nation in the decisions that we make. Uh, no doubt about it. And, and I always say, uh, Dr. Cable, uh, the Southwestern Athletic Conference as a whole, you probably have one of the most engaged fan bases uh, in the entire country. Uh, and I kind of joke uh, in terms of uh, kind of when the swag office talks, it's like EF Hutton, everybody listens. And, and to that ex- uh, extent, you know, there were, there was some false information floating around regarding the cancellation of the season entirely. And, and it, it immediately got swag fans in a frenzy, but you guys, you did a great job of getting out in front of that. How important was it uh, for the uh, swag office and, and your, your leadership team, uh, Dr. McClellan and everyone to dispel their, those rumors? It was very important. I mean, it was unfortunate that that misinformation uh, got out, but if you look at the, uh, the uh, the things that could have occurred, you know, if presidents and people that we were working with at, at this point in terms of sponsorships, you know, there's a lot of things that kind of go into the timing and the way things are released. Um, the livelihoods were at stake. You know, if you say that you're canceling fall sports then immediately institutions have to look at, you know, how they're funding their program, uh, furloughs and things of that nature. So, you know, that was a very sensitive message, um, and mm. it was it was un- unfortunate that that it got out. But I think uh, commissioner did a great job of uh, uh, dispelling that myth and putting out uh, you know correct information from the conference office. No doubt about it. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh, a lot of HBCU fans have come to grow and and love is is the celebration bowl. And, and now with the, the SWAC uh, postponing to the spring, uh, the MEAG, they've postponed their, their fall schedule as well. Uh, is there a possibility that we could see uh, a celebration bowl in the spring? Absolutely. Absolutely. If the MEAG uh, decides to bring back uh, football in the spring, I think there is an opportunity for us to have a spring celebration bowl. And so we've worked that scenario in our plan and we're prepared for it. You know, one of the questions that I, I know I've gotten quite a bit uh, in terms of text, you know, and, and, and everything, of course, uh, centers around football. But uh, with football being played in the spring, you know, how does it affect other sports in terms of their scheduling? And does it allow for flexibility with the, with the other winter sports, namely, you know, basketball? Oh, absolutely. And so um, and traditionally, basketball is played on Saturday and Monday. Football in the fall, obviously, is played on on Saturday and if soccer and volleyball uh, play, they play in those corresponding days as well. Um, so we would have to be strategic as a conference in terms of developing a conference schedule that would not put a tremendous burden on our, our, our membership. And so what that means is you may see a football game on, on a Friday or a Thursday, right? So we're still working, mm. working through those scenarios, uh, but we definitely want to make sure that our institutions um, have the resources and, and the capacity to uh, host uh, games uh, and, and in some ways at the same time, right? So we want to make sure right. we, we want to make sure uh, that we don't overload them. Uh, but mm-hmm. they do understand that there is a possibility that with with all those sports going on in the spring, there will be an, an adjustment. No doubt about it. And, and again, I, I always marvel at the, the engagement of the Southwestern Athletic Conference fans. And, and that leads me uh, to this question. Of course, 
42 out of the past 43 season, I believe the SWAC has led, you know, FCS in attendance. And I wanted to kind of ask uh, Dr. Cable, was part of the decision to look at the spring, uh, was that because of the SWAC fan base uh, would likely be good consumers of spring ball? Well, I think that's a benefit, but the decision was rooted in the health and, and welfare and safety of our student athletes. So, sure, so that sure. so that didn't, that did not come to the forefront. But now that you mentioned it, mm-hmm. I mean that's one of the things that we took into in account in terms of making plans for the spring. We think that we can leverage being essentially the only show in town uh, and right. our fan base uh, in in terms of uh, to increase our marketability. And so it's one of those subtopics that came up that that we look to take advantage of and. We know our face, our fan base are going to show up. I think uh, this will be the first time uh, since I was old enough to watch college football that I won't see any in the fall. Undoubtedly. <laughs> and, 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 of course, and I want to reiterate that all these decisions that, that, that have been made is completely and totally uh, on where this virus is by the time we get to the spring. And I wanted to make sure that, that that information continues to be at the forefront, as you said, the health and safety of, of not just student-athletes, but students in general is 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 of the utmost. So I wanted to make sure that that was put out there. <laughs> We're not talking in a silo and whatnot in terms of it's going to happen, but everything is planned on uh, what happens with this virus as we get to the spring. Yes, yes. And you mentioned our fan base. Uh, there's one uh, quick fact that i like to mention. Uh, our associate uh, commissioner for media relations, Andrew Roberts, shared a, twi- a tweet with me uh, that had us ranked number six out of 30-some-odd Division One uh, institutions. I mean, I'm sorry, Division One conferences, rather, um, in terms of impressions. Right. And so, yes. so we outperformed the Big Ten and Big 12, which I think is remarkable. And so as we continue to grow our brand, I think you'll start seeing the swag more at the forefront of conversation. And, and you know, that leads, leads me to another question in terms of uh, that is a tremendous statistic. Uh, and, it, and, it, and it does talk about the, the fan engagement of, of your fan base, uh, Southwestern Athletic Conference fans. But just talk about how. Uh, important is in terms of leveraging your brand when you have a, a fan base that loves talking about their 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 respective HBCU. Oh, it's very important, and I think that we have a, a great product. And with the uh, additions of uh, Bethune Cookman and Fam Youth, I think that the uh, marketability of our conference is heightened. And so, like mm-hmm. I said before, we're we're in a space of peak popularity, and we look to capitalize on engaging our fan and educating our fan base uh, moving forward. We're, we're an exciting time in, in our conference. Yeah, and speaking of that exciting time, of course, uh, Bethune-Cookman and Florida A&M, they've moved in into the conference now. Uh, just tremendous, uh, I guess, excitement going into uh the upcoming seasons, if you will, for the swag. Uh, this is an exciting time to be a fan of this conference. Uh, but just talk a little bit about Bethune Cookman and Florida AM in terms of what they bring uh, to this conference as well. Absolutely. First, uh, I'm a little jealous. You know, I had an opportunity to play, to play in the conference, and I wish they would have been in the conference at that time. We get two trips to Florida as a student, right. <laughs> as, as, as a student athlete. Uh, but I think, you know, they bring not only athletic programs that, that are 
very uh, successful and they have rich traditions and history, but they bring academic programs as well. And so when you look at that holistically, a student graduating from high school can come to the SWAT conference and get premier uh, athletics as well as a premier education. So that's what we look at in terms of a partner. And so bringing those partners in our conference, I think, strengthens us, right? And so it, mm -hmm. it, it creates a, a level of competition um, that is bar none. And so at this point, the divisions, you know, there's no safe space, whether you're in the East or the West, you're going to have to bring your A game every time out, right? And so that that, no <laughs> that competition, I think, uh, increases our, our, our ability uh, to engage our fan base and, and increases our ability to grow the brand of the conference. No doubt about it. I mean, tremendous uh, in terms of bringing those teams in. And, and speaking of which, you know, I've heard Dr. McClellan use the, the term super conference. Uh, a lot of fans are, are kind of throwing that term around. Uh, what say you, Dr. Cable, in terms of uh, the way uh, the, the stakeholders now kind of take a look at the Southwestern Athletic Conference? Exactly, because we have, in my opinion, we have the uh, the best 12 HBCU institutions in the nation. And so just as a student can come to the SWAC and get what they need, uh, a corporation can come to the SWAC and partner with us and get and get what they what they need. Stakeholders can get involved and not only uh, give to the SWAC, but receive as well. So those partnerships, as I stated earlier, I mean, we're in a space where, um, for lack of a better term, we're hot right now, right? And so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. We will we we will continue to attract uh, those opportunities, and we want to capitalize on, on and as many on as many opportunities as we can while we're hot. No doubt about it. And and I wanted to ask this question uh, in terms of a, a, a lot of I, I guess uh, chatter we've seen now in terms of uh, NFL hopefuls, uh, and and we with regards to this COVID-19 uh, pandemic going on, we've seen some uh, some players uh, around the country who have opted out, if you will, uh, in terms of a plan uh, when we do play ball. Uh, there are reports that there are, uh, the NFL right now doesn't have any plans to, to move their draft or, or, what it, or whatever that may be. How do you think this may affect draft hopefuls that are in the Southwestern Athletic Conference who now – uh, will have this platform in the spring? Well, I think that it would be individual. I know we have some student athletes that, that are draft hopefuls. Um, mm -hmm. And playing in the, in the fall, of course, is ideal because you get an opportunity to prepare for the combine in the, swing, in the spring. But year to date, and I'm not saying that couldn't happen this year, uh, we haven't mm -hmm. had a, a high number of student athletes that have been invited to the combine. And so I think there may be some decisions that are, that are made to, to forego uh, the season from our student athletes. I mean, I think that's par for the course. But when you talk about an impact, I don't think it impacts us at the same level it does uh, other conferences um, that may postpone their, their season. No doubt about it. And as we close up uh, this episode of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club, uh, was there anything, you know, in closing, Dr. Cable, that uh, you wanted the Southwestern Athletic Conference fans, uh, fans of, of Jackson State, uh, to know in terms of what you guys are doing in the SWAC office? Well, I'll just say continue to support, continue to, to pay attention, latch on, 
Uh, we're like a um, spaceship right now. You know, we're soaring at unbelievable, unbelievable heights and, and get in while you can, because I think it may become more expensive as we continue, continue to, uh, to grow. So I think, <laughs> I think, I think that now is the time for the SWAC. We're emerging and uh, we look, we look forward to continue to serve our, our institutions and be attractive uh, and, and be good stewards uh, for our fans. No doubt about it. And I want to thank you for uh, coming on the podcast, for uh, taking time out of your schedule. I really appreciate uh, the fact that uh, you guys uh, in the in the SWAC office, you're, you're accessible. Uh, the accessibility to be able to to get out and, and, and get answers uh, is, is tremendous uh, for those of us who try to cover this conference. Well, thank you. You know, we're just one phone call away. And thank you for, for having me on. And uh, uh, congratulations with your show. And I'll be sure to start tuning in. No doubt about it. Appreciate you coming in. All right. Thank you. Thank you. And that'll do it for episode 53 of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple users, rate and review the show. And everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. I can't stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department, and it all starts with you. Downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every Tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook and Twitter pages. As always, thank you for your support. Go Tigers! Hashtag V-I-Love. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done